0: Um, yeah, well, thank you very much for having me. It was, you know, we've been chatting on and off the last few months, and uh, it's really nice to be invited up to come and give you a talk um, about what we do at SPUD. I'm going to do, there's a lot of images, not a lot of texture, please, but there's lots of images. And you'll see on the desk that there is an activity for you to do later, so if you don't get your piece free, you've got to do a little bit of work before you go out tonight. Um, but hopefully, you'll find it fun. Just show you a um <coughs> so SPUD, for those that don't know, um probably wondering what does that mean. It stands for Space, Placemaking and Urban Design, which is probably why we showed it SPUD quite quickly because people stopped using it. Um, we've been around for about seven years. Uh, I'm the director, my colleague uh, Tom Tom here is one of our creative associates and looks after our buildings, which I'll tell you more about later. But I thought what I'd like to do is just kind of give you a little run through how did I end up here doing SPUD? talking tonight. So, um, I grew up up north, coal mine still steelworks, that's my family, first person to go to university. Um, for anybody that knows this film, Kez, that pretty much wasn't working. Uh, <laughs> my upbringing. My mum wasn't quite like the mother in Kez, if you know the film, but <laughs> I would hate to add. And I used to fly kestrels as well as a little boy. So, yeah, I grew up in Sheffield, um, so it was very much my kind of upbringing. Slightly unusual to go away to university, and even more unusual to go away and do a creative subject. So, I went to university and studied graphic design. Um, Got my degree at Leicester, De Montfort, graduated, whoopee, and promptly went into teaching art design um, because I decided I didn't want to be a graphic designer. (coughs) And I I taught for 10 years at secondary school, so I was head of art um, in in a school in Southampton, which is one probably down south and then it's a school in, in the New Forest. I um, actually became head of art during my teacher training year, which was terrifying because there had been you know, uh, an exodus of staff from the department and no one was left to run it. So I kind of stuck behind it and said, well, I'll, I'll do it. Um, and that kind of set me on a journey of kind of doing lots of other things and doing lots of other things in a much broader sense than just teaching. Um, and I think that perhaps mad year A real kind of uh, induction of fire has probably led to me to where I am in terms of just grasping hold of things and doing things. Hopefully, that'll make more sense as we go along. Um, So, I did my 10 years of teaching, my design's great. got the end of it, I was doing so many of the projects that weren't really teaching related. We were doing landscape projects, we were doing building projects, um, loads of community activities and it kind of the balance had shifted around well. so was probably 60% of my time were doing project activities and only 40% actually running our an art department and it seems, I can always remember someone saying to me, you know, if you're not into the teaching anymore, you're bored of it, tap me on the shoulder and go and do something else and I kind of reached that moment myself after 10 years um, and I went off to do other things and myself and my partner opened a coffee shop um, in Leighton on the High Street, completely gutted the shop turned into a coffee shop, lots of cool Icelandic vibes and Scandinavian music and people sitting around chilling and it was lovely, we did that for four years, had a lot of fun, had nine staff Um, and then kind of of that and sold it and thought what do we do next and we had a chocolate business called Papa Park, selling just the most exquisite chocolates, we had a chocolatier, Uh, we had an investor and again did that for quite a few years, a partner running the Um, I was doing a lot of graphics and packaging and suddenly I was slipping back into doing graphics and marketing again by, kind of by accident really. Um, (coughs) So I went back to doing graphic design and set up my own business again. I found a business partner, that didn't really work out very well, Uh, more of a friend than a business partner so I carried on doing it on my own and I found that I was kind of spending most of my days with my dog Badger, talking to him all day and I didn't feel healthy so there's me doing graphics, Badger, who's now sadly passed away, um, and I thought, you know what, I need to do something else, I, I've been kind of in this teaching role. where I've talked to lots of people, done lots of projects, been very kind of hands-on with things, and suddenly I was sat at home in my conservatory with my dog, trying to knock out creative stuff and it just didn't feel right, and I know I there's people probably sat here and been through that and sat at home and tried to be creative, and you know, it's a real struggle. <coughs> so um there's a picture missing off there um for anyone who knows about regional arch- architecture centers um there were 23 centers around the uk um solitaire of design was the last of the 23 centers to be set up by the commission for Arts and built environment the regional development agency and the arts council um <coughs> paul grove was the chief exec he was the only person working there besides an accountant and he put an advert out needed someone him do the education program. I thought, oh, that sounds interesting, that'll get me out of my conservatory for a day or two a week and get me talking to some human beings. Um, and I was there six months, so we became full time, became a creative director, and so the Synth for uh, Architecture Design took off. We became eight staff, uh, we were doing projects all across the region place making, architecture, uh, urban design, landscape projects. Um, we were doing stuff internationally, we were doing stuff in China, Japan. Holland, Germany um, and we were part of a bigger network which was really exciting um, and then the recession trumbled and architecture centres basically had their funding pulled literally overnight so I think within a three-week period Arts Council, Cedar and Cape all pulled their funding and we literally had to make sure it's been so closed down and, and try and land it as gently as we could. But loads of exciting things were happening the SPUD 5x5, for some reason it just got a bit weird, had um, won uh, national awards for our youth programme, engaging in children with architecture. Um, we just started developing uh, the xbre project, which I'll talk about in a minute, and we just felt there's a lot of really exciting things here. Just because the government doesn't want to give us money, we should try and continue um, with this. So myself and my colleague, Phil Smith, set up SPUD, and SPUD was a youth project initially the name that's where it came from um, and we just thought you know on a wing of prayer lending someone's desk sitting in a corner of someone's office basically going anywhere where someone gives a bit of space we made Spud happen and amazingly funders gave us money in fact they gave us tens of thousands of pounds to do some of the projects we did um, I still don't know why because we weren't a charity we didn't have a business bank account and we managed to win it and, and make projects happen the thing that started for us really the whole essence of why we wanted to do spud and is still the same message today was this idea of creativity obviously but collaboration and consultation and perhaps the strongest of all of those three words for us is collaboration and i think had we not really focused on that from the very beginning we wouldn't still be around seven years later doing spud um, And and hopefully, that will come through in everything else we're going to talk about. So, collaboration was a really big one, and that that was setting out our store of what we wanted the spot to be. Um, (coughs) I mentioned the XBA, so, this was our first collaborative project. Um, We essentially put together three teams architects, engineers, and artists, and we said, off you go, design an off grid um, art studio space for a residency somewhere in the New Forest National Park, so really sensitive, almost impossible to get anything built in the New Forest National Park, the default position is no to everything. Um, so it was a massive challenge, so those teams went off collaborating, ideas, working with us, running workshops, all sorts of different things. Um, and this was one of the teams, Steve Turner, the artist, um, uh, working with us, and he was literally walking out with the architects and the engineers along the side of the river and nearly stepped on a gold the a nest of gold eggs on the ground amongst all these reeds and, uh, and that was his eureka moment, he went, you know what, I want to live in an egg, build me an egg. That's where all life comes from, why can't I live in an egg? It's like, okay, so off we went, how do we build an egg? Um, so again, that collaboration, we had to find a master boat builder who could work in timber, you can see there, it's all thin strips of cedar, all reclaimed. There's eight kilometres of strip cedar in the egg. Um, getting those curves, just uh, absolutely incredible to watch the build and produce that. But we then brought in other people, which was just fascinating. We had Dr. Stevie Payne, OBE, who is the designer of Queen O2, um, who got a gold Blue Peter badge because he said mm-hmm. when he was a kid, I want to build the biggest cruise in the flow, and he did. So, <laughs> Blue, Peter, so Blue Peter invited him back and went, you know. Because he wrote into Queen Peter and that's what he said he wanted to do. Right. So they gave him a place for it. But he was yeah. our chief engineer on the project. So he'd literally just finished QM2 and then he was helping us design create And he said actually it was probably harder to do the calculations for the egg than the Queen Mary, because that's it's a boat. It's fairly obvious and simple it's like Lego. <coughs> Whereas making an egg float on its side and not roll over or bob around, it had to sit stable. It's really, really challenging. Sorry, is, is that floating? Yeah, it's floating. It goes from there the side. Oh. So um, it's just got concrete and keels and all sorts of things to make it work. So it's a beautiful, simple object, but incredibly complicated to build. So then uh, our artist lived inside for 12 months. Um, he got there, and a solar shower, and a little cooking area, and he basically responded to life on the side of the river for 12 months and produced work in response to that. Um, with a very strong kind of environmental focus um, produced a beautiful work. The the hammock lasted for about a month and they put a bed in there. Um good <laughs> to get that back. But it was just a beautiful object. Um, this was after the year so the cedars um obviously aged and you know the, the tides went out but you can see you know it's still a really stunning iconic object. Um, just go oops, just go back, sorry. Um, and for us, this, this project was really what launched very really properly. It was our first project, um, and it, it, it hit the kind of media, and the images were quite striking as an iconic shape. Um, and then it got picked up by Design and Engadget. Uh, it went in Time Magazine. Had Elle Thurston supermodel, tweeting about it seriously. Um, and it just went and went, and you can look at Google Maps and it started off the. And it just percolated out and it went into Europe and it went over to the States and then down South America and out into Eastern Europe and Asia. And before we knew it, we were, you know, it was being reproduced on of books, magazines, newspapers, literally all over the world. Um, unfortunately, we weren't getting paid for any of it because those photos had kind of bolted and, you know, we lost the opportunity. But what it did was give us the credibility for the things we wanted to do next. So we could go into corporate sponsors literally with a pile of colossal magazines, really top end architectural and design magazines, and go, Would you like some of this publicity if you sponsor our next project? And we walk out the meeting with twenty or thirty thousand pounds because we yeah. went, why, why wouldn't we? You know, uh, want to have that publicity. It wasn't anything clever we did, it was just uh, a set of circumstances and opportunities and it worked and it just you know, the fact it was seen by tens of hundreds of millions of people worldwide was was a great opportunity for us as a charity um, and that gave us the opportunity to move on to um, the observatory project where we, we literally did take those magazines into a timber company and say we want you to pay for the timber to build this and we went okay we will do you know, as long as we get the press and the awards and be part of this whole journey so we, we set a competition uh, we had 40 entries from around the world to design it and again the idea of architects, artists, engineers collaborating um, but we also involved the public and judges and the whole process of designing it. The five shortest entries are the ones at to the top. Incredibly difficult to choose which one to go for. Um, and again, the, it, it was a shift shifted emphasis from the egg was one space for one artist for 12 months. This was a space which could move to different locations for multiple artists. So it had a different feel to it. We didn't ask for two units. We didn't ask for one to spin. It um, they just, they just had to be a portable space for a residency, again, to go into really sensitive landscapes. Um, so, this was a team led all literally just graduated um, and started working at Phil and Clay Bradley Studios in London. And um, they didn't enter as Philip Clay Bradley, which is a really well known name. They just entered as themselves as students, but then Philip Clay Bradley took them under their wing once they won, um, which was fantastic. So, some construction shots. Um, the same company who are currently building the Cafe built this for us, uh, which is why we chose this to build Underblock Cafe because very, very talented um, craftsmen, Is whatever you want to call them. Um, This is the design team. Um, the whole building is clad in burnt wood, burnt timber, called Shōshūban. It's, uh, it's essentially, it's an ancient Japanese technique of preserving wood, um, and it stops insects, insect infestations, it stops rot. Um, it's also very difficult to set fire so, it's really so it, it, it makes for a, a, a beautiful looking building but it's also practical um, so this very ancient technique which people have started revisiting again now but at the time, four or five years ago, it really was quite a of in this country um, and the team wanted to do it traditionally so these are all total iron chimneys so this is all the cladding, so you make the chimneys, you put a little bit of kindling and paper at the bottom, set fire because it's a chimney, the flames want to pour straight through the kind of four metre planks. Burn it for about ten minutes, get some big fire gloves, it's complete madness. <laughs> spin the whole thing around while it's <laughs> on fire and it burns through the different. And then very, very quickly you knock off those little brackets and hose it down. So the whole process for each top takes about twenty minutes. And you yeah. hose it and you have to stop the burn. So you literally off a plank, twenty five mil thick, you burn in the first five mil. Nothing else. The rest of the plank stays intact. Yeah. Is, is the, the, the technical term, is that you. Yeah. it's a triangular box shape, and you end up with these really intense blisters. Um, you see people doing shishigami now, and they're using a torch And yes. yes, you get a black blackening, but you don't get the intense blisters because you're not getting the heat. So it's quite, it's quite subtle, um, and often that's brushed back. And we wanted this really traditional Japanese way of doing it. It, it was. On this hillside in Ando, where it was being done, with all these pyres burning away, it was just like welcome to hell. It was, <laughs> was, was madness. And people were running around spinning things over and setting fire to things, but it, it worked. Um, and they also did lots and lots of different species of timber, because every timber has different water content, has different density. So the quality of burn the quality of notch you get really varies across the species. Um, internally, we used uh, an engineer wood called the koya. Uh, which is basically acetylated wood. it has been soaked in vinegar. If you think of conkers when you're kids, soaking concrete vinegar, baking vinegar, makes it a champion of the Hopefully, It's exactly the same principle. Um, soaking acetic acid, bake it off, leave it to dry, and you've got this wood which will last for 25 years untreated at the bottom of the lake, and you lift it out. It might be green, but if you wash it, the structural integrity will not change at all. So it's a really fantastic wood. The Dutch developed it because of all the low-lying water, um, so for fence posts gates and things like that, which were rotting all the time, um, it worked brilliantly for them. So again, lovely to, to start using new products and interesting products as part of it. This is one of the artists involved in the project too, uh, basically kind of just reinvented and revisiting McCrary from the 1980s, instead of making plant pots and making these beautiful art screens and so on. Um, lots of engineering going into it, so these are the turntables lots of engineers came up with amazing ideas for how to make it work and it was so over the top complicated in the end we went to a really traditional engineering company and said it needs to work it needs to be bulletproof it needs to turn thousands and thousands of times can you create that for us and they came with a proper old school you know system with a gearbox and it's coped with uh, over half a million people turning it uh, repeatedly so it's it is pretty much bulletproof uh, these are models from the architects, um, first location was Winchester Science Centre um, on a cold winter day, putting it in there, it's terrifying, you know, bringing it first in the lorries, but it, it's really clever because it goes in the lorry, it winches off with a crane, it sits in the ground, it's all kind of complete one piece, so moving around is really easy, you just need a friendly farmer, a tractor to help you out. Um, See the, the Shoshiji band, when you get the light in it as well, it absolutely glows, it reflects the sea, the sky, the sun. It just picks, even though it's pitch black, it just picks up the colors of the surrounding area beautifully. Um, you can see there early morning, really stunning surface. Um, so, we created two spaces one was uh, an external space, the two spaces were designed to turn independently. They kind of talk to each other as two boxes, so you can do different things with them. There'd be music boxes, art boxes, performance stages. We've had harpists in them. We've had people actually physically playing the building over from Norway. Um, all sorts of things we've done. And we've had, I think, we're on our 53rd artists we've had in residence there um, in the various different locations. Um, you've got a, an enclosed space which has charcoal heater, solar power, and then the external space where the artists can come interact with members of the public. Um, and wherever is, this is in winter on the seawall, the hardest location to get to because the wall was literally the same width as the wheels, the wheels were literally going off either side of the embankment and they were swinging like this. How, how we didn't lose them in the cell until the base cut into the ground? Yeah, you, you, could, could, or, you basically put <laughs> a square it out about six inches deep and then just lower it to the ground so that bottom, top yeah, 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 yeah. bottom frame disappears and it looks like it's just floating. On you. The so again, places like this meant to have environment agents, just permission to be digging on their sea wall, and every single location was fraught full problems problems, planning like problems, and so on. But you know that's it's kind of half the fun of it. But what a stunning location to kind of be working out as an artist and turn wherever you want, look out to the Isle of Wight, and create work. Um, and we had artists, I mean, artists, and they would be there in the winter. But actually, some of the best work was generated in the winter when you've got the storms blowing in, the sky changing colours. It was just—it was incredible. I did get get phone calls from some of the artists in the morning, going, "There's a hundred mile an hour wind blowing. (laughs) The observatory's rocking from side to side. Do you think I should be in this (laughs) show? I don't know. It (laughs) seems kind of untested. Ring me if it blows over." You know, what what do you say to that? But you know, it it was just everything that happened, and then it changed the dynamics of how the artists were responding to the location. And a lot of the artists came as well with a plan of what they wanted to do. We had over 250 artists applied for residences. Um, And we obviously couldn't take all of them. So which originally, that was really difficult to train curating an interesting mix of artists that the public could interact with. And that was so important. We had to be artists where (coughs) you are on a footpath or a private way. You're going to be having people walking past all day. This is not close drawing. It's a private activity. People are going to want to talk to you. And people who would say, well, I never go to a gallery, I don't go to that, well, that bollocks is not for me, you know, I would admit So suddenly they're knocking on the door, meeting a contemporary artist, and having a conversation. And that was happening so many times, and people who said, well, I would never do that. And an hour later, they were still in there talking to the artist, which was just incredible. And people were sharing stories with the artist, which they probably wouldn't even sit there with a counsellor and share. I mean, some really quite deep, intense, emotional stuff came out and the artists were literally just changing their work and going, well, I'm not even going to do that now because this is just so fascinating, the things I'm being told um, and you think after 52 artists you've seen it all and every artist that comes in do, does something different approaches the building differently, approaches the location differently and you just never fail to be like amazed or surprised and, and that's that's what makes it lovely um, this mm-hmm. is a modest one within the beach circle completely different um, this is at Burton Bradstock, one of the most dramatic locations, right at the left. Um, So everywhere different, everywhere different challenges, different responses from the artists. Um, so we've gone from kind of one pod for an artist to two pods for multiple artists and then we've kind of, each time the first project has kind of almost answered what the next project will be. This project came out of, literally out of the observatory. We had we had lots of school groups, university groups, and community groups now to do workshops with the artists. <coughs> um, we had two groups of ladies with dementia, quite advanced dementia, at the observatories, uh, working with artists. And we watched and we did workshops and they did they created some amazing things um, whilst they were focused. And something really special was happening had a good old sing-along like, roll out of the barrel and long way to Tipperary, and all the rest of it all, all those songs came out over we there but they were making things and they were coming alive and we had the carers going oh such as maze will never she'll never engage with this she should not want to do it and they were engaging they were touching and smelling they were saying Spin it around again we want to get around <coughs> again and just And then, you know linking in your arms and saying right i'm walking with you we're we'll off to do this and i think, like it felt there's something happening we didn't really quite know what it was, but it was quite special. It was definitely a result of the building and the artist and the location. We said, "What if we actually created something which was purposeful and bespoke for people with dementia?" Um, and we've been looking at doing projects around ageing populations and ageing housing, um, and this just seemed more pertinent at the time. So we've been working for nearly eighteen months now, underpinned uh, on this concept. It's now called the Living start as the memory lounge um, there's a lot around dementia research moment where memory is actually quite problematic um, and uh, a lot of people with dementia find it challenging and quite scary when you use the words memory and they realize they're losing part, parts of their memory whether it's short or long term so we've moved away from there and this is we, we're trying to create a new pod um, called the living room um, which is for people with early diagnosis dementia. And that's often one of the scariest times because you're still, you still, know, most of your faculties are still there. Um, you're realising start on this journey, your family's scared, you're scared, there's a lot happening. Um, you're wanting to make new memories and connections with your family at the time. So we're trying to create a space where people with early diagnosis dementia and just if not more importantly, their families and carers can come with them and access artists, therapists, and signpost some information and literally have a kind of a joyous time in the moment, not being kind of worthy and trying to be medical because it's not, but actually it's okay just to be happy and nice in the moment and do something fun with your family and create those new members and take them away but at the same time allow you know, to provide some information we want it to be mobile, we want to be able to take it to rural locations we're based in the Forest, so we're very aware that you know transport access to services can be very very difficult clearly a lot of people with dementia are older they might be driving transportation buses and trains can be very difficult so getting into where those services are can be difficult and also a lot of services that are provided they'll be in medical centers and clinics and health centers or community centers and you feel like you're going to somewhere which is very medical and we're not wanting to create that space which is why we're not mentioning dementia in the title. It's, uh, it feels like a, a friendly, creative space to come and work together. Um, we've just had funding from Paul Handling Foundation to work it up now to some detail. We're just applying for our second stage funding where we're actually going to be testing out the contents of the workshops over the next 18 months if we're successful with that funding. And then hopefully in 2020 we'll be applying for me to build um, our first dimension bots, um, which will start moving around the locations. <coughs> with a view to if it works, why can't we build more? So and it's it's all been a progression from one project to another. So this is a thing which, where perhaps most this is project. text, I think we're most excited about at the moment, um, and it's a thing which whenever we mention it, literally people are just coming out of the and saying, "Can we work with you?" We're really excited. want and all sorts of people from medical people to care home people to people who just had a relatively gone through the same uh, kind of traumatic experience. And it's, it's amazing, you know? and so it's like, without saying we want to collaborate with you, people come into us and say, can we collaborate with you on this project, because it's something we feel very passionate about. Um, we've got care providers saying, can you build this one tomorrow, well, like, kind of, you know, let's let's test this thing out first and see how it works. We're not even sure what the content will be, uh, there'll be music, there'll be all sorts of things happening in it. We're looking at interactive stuff, so you know, using screens and interactive tables to create memory books. Um, the difficulty for us is keeping at the front of the curve with the research because it, it's such a new area and it's moving so fast um, we feel like we're playing catch-up all the time with, with research um, so, but that's uh, it's half, half the fun um, I'll move on a bit quick I have to we do some activities um, June last year we, ha- we, we were upstairs in this space renting an office and we've been there for nearly two years this was the old Artsway Gallery, Sway. Um, it lost its Arts Council funding a couple of years before. Um, just wasn't getting a bums-on-seat. It was a very high-profile gallery, but it was in a very small village in the Deep Forest. Wasn't getting a footfall, and they literally been limping along for two years. Um, and then we to lose the building with trustees, and we said, look, give us the building, we'll do something different with it. Um, so it took a long time, in mean, the six months, to convince the trustees to let us have it. We well, ended to merging the two charities, so Artsquare and Squad Merge, we inherited this beautiful 1800s coach house with, at the back, uh, a contemporary term extension that was built about 20 years ago. Um, so in the last 12 months we've been <coughs> raising money, nearly 150,000. We've completely refurbished the whole main building and we have built five brand new art studios at the back there which opened just a few weeks ago you can see darren Henley from the arts council in the middle there doing the okay. opening ceremonies um, so this is the main building the five new studios are there and the observatories are uh, back in our gardens um, so we've now kind of created this collection of spaces um, you can see all the studio spaces there in the middle um, they're now all occupied we've got four artists in the resident in those studio spaces and on the end, we have a rotating residency space with a bed, and we can have artists literally from everywhere in the world come and stay and work with us. So that's a program we're looking to build, but we're also looking for corporate sponsors who so might even sponsor that residency program and help us kind of curate something which just doesn't exist in the New Forest National Park. There's never been an artist residency program. Most of the national parks are doing something, and the New Forest has nothing like it. So this is a real kind of into that area, which is quite exciting. Then in the main building, we, we, we essentially we've reduced the gallery down to a much smaller space and it's now a creative hub, so we've got a community workshop we've got a craft company running work- their own workshops we've got a florist who brings in all the local people from the village like flowers which is a very very strategic decision to do that we've got a filmmaker publisher graphic designers pr company uh, ourselves uh, um, and it's just it's an, a real lovely buzz across the building people working and without us doing anything People are collaborating, they're sharing, you can hear conversations and people doing this and pieces. And we sat and had a conversation a few months ago about with a, one of the graphic designers and the filmmakers and they wouldn't well, be great if we ran a film festival. Just literally you know, coffee, just cheering the fat. And uh, a few weeks later we started running a film festival. And we had how many entries in it? Five? I about five hundred and twelve. Um, from from all over the world. Yeah. And um,
1: four hours of uh, tickets sold on our evening, turned the gallery into a little mini cinema and had a really successful event um, and we're already in conversations planning for next year's film festival so the local uh, in, in the village of Swade there's a, a local cinema which is like a sports hall with some really expensive proper cinema equipment so we're having a conversation with them about using their facility next year to run a bigger event and working with Film Forest more closely so it's it's from a conversation
0: in the coffee into something that's actually going somewhere for next year and beyond. So yeah. that, was cool. and that was literally a few months ago, and, it was, it, it, and again, it's collaboration. It's like, we're sitting in a conversation, do people work, are you going to help us do it, let's do it. No one's in here for any money, no one's made any money out of it. I think we barely covered the popcorn and the you know, <laughs> stuff in the evening. But it didn't matter what it's done, is brought people to the building, and it brought people who wanted to have conversations and talk about ideas and how we collaborate. Uh, is it called the Spudworks That's the Film Festival? Okay. Spud sp- 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 Films, yeah. This, this year's festival <coughs> was called Wasted. Uh, it was environmental, it was all about waste and environment. Right. And so all the films were connected to the environment. Um, but it was amazing, you know, each day you just got films from all, literally all over the world dropping into your inbox. It's like, where it are these coming from? It was, it was amazing. Uh, it did take us hours and hours and hours to watch them all over, which was, we were expecting about 10 films. So um, <laughs> 520 Average 7 or 8 million films with a lot of watching, so yeah, square eyes, but it was worth it. Um, next year we, made, we didn't charge for the film this year. next year we we're going to charge for entrance. so yeah, hopefully I'll let a little more quality control. So, this is, this is where we're operating out of now, in Sway, in this village in the New Forest, it's given us opportunities to run our own workshops, it's given us many more opportunities to collaborate, it's given us a chance to work with a range of artists, to run our own residency programme, um, and it's, it's made us as a charity, uh, you know, literally lurching from one day of grandfilling into another a little bit more sustainable, so we've been able to employ Tom from an apprenticeship, um, we've been able to create business opportunities for uh, 14, 15 businesses including the artists now across the building, um, and there's nothing coming in that the building is secure, it's, it's making money now, so we don't need to worry about that, as long as we can keep tenanting we're, we're so we saved an asset to the community as well, which is which is really nice. I and mean, it's something that's very precious locally as well. Nobody wanted to lose it and have it redeveloped as housing. Um, and then moving on to the last bit, uh is is really it's the core of everything we do. Every activity involves your people somewhere in what we do, whether it's the egg or the observatory, they're involved somewhere. Um Youth, I've been running in some guys now for 14 years. Um, we've had youngsters who have gone all the way through school youth, gone and done degrees, gone and done A's, they're working in practice and they've come back and they're teaching with us. So we've got a full circle multiple times now. Uh, dozens and dozens of young people have gone through what we do, doing all sorts of different projects. And all over Hampshire and, and we've, we've done some of the youth stuff internationally as well. Um, and it, It's on a very simple premise that anyone can come along, it's not about ability. Um, 13 to 21 you know, bracket which we tried younger and older it just seems to work um, and you come and you work at your own pace if you're interested if you're fairly creative if you want to do something if you want to come just for a term you can and we've got some youngsters who've been coming for four or five years and are literally now that's so university. then you can all through school and A-levels and then you lose a few each year and you get a few more at the it's lovely but they keep in touch and they come back um, so um, we generally work on live projects where possible um, so one of our projects which is which makes us fairly unique with our youth projects a lot there are other groups doing architecture projects with young people around the uk but they're generally theoretical um, We're quite usual in the fact that we tend to build the things we really create the ideas we create with young people so this is an NHL fortress in Wellington, working with the county council um, the NHL forces absolutely incredible monumental scale, hardly anyone knew about it, you people living in town didn't go to it, didn't know about it, we had a few dog walkers, so the council charged us with how do we open this sort up, of, how do we get more people in it, how do we make it kind of really accessible and interesting, so they were charge you with some new gates, new seating, new access points, new routes, new signage, so we had to do blacksmith workshops, um, don't go try risk assessing taking kids to a blacksmith, so it's Thanks. horrendous. But <laughs> uh, it was a brilliant day, really good fun. They, made, they all made their own stuff. Um, they designed new seating, these old Iron Age axe asserting the certain shape of the rings. You can see the rings are actually here. You can see the three levels. So each one of those drops into a ditch and up again. So it's huge. It's kind of the scale of Denver, if you know Denver. But it's unusual it's going trees, so it's not obviously apparent. Um, and They designed all the signage, worked with illustrators, worked with artist Katie Surridge to create these guardians of the rings, which are really striking, nine foot tall on the edge of the road. Everyone driving you will see these And if you go, if you look at Google Maps from a few years ago, no desire elements across the site. Look at Google Maps now. Every node has really defined design lines, really clear. Cool uh, so the, the, the change in use, um, they worked with um, this laser technology which measures the contours. LiDAR, yeah, LiDAR, yeah, that's right. LiDAR, LiDAR, LiDAR. Basically, shoots the laser down the ground, takes a measurement, and you can get a full three uh, D reproduction. So we had that cast out solid aluminium, which is one side. It's on a standard site so what you can't see, easily, the trees are visualise you can now stand in front of it and look and we go, that's what I'm looking at, and it's beautiful tactile. Um, so again, just lots of interesting things. Um, that was a £50,000 project down to an eight pounds project with Tesco's carry back money, if you wonder where your Tesco's carry bag money used to go. This is a church in Monnington, it's a tight area, um, this was a couple of years ago. we just be re-engaged actually to do the rest of this, but they wanted a new bike shelter. And new seating for this area. And this is what the kids created. So, um, it's super comfortable to sit on the seating. Uh, uh, two boy and girl, two separate designs, mm-hmm. one based on waves you by the sea. Um, and they got built by a local artist in blacksmith and installed. And now we're going to be re- re- redesigning the rest of it.
1: And uh, again, yeah, for those kids to be able to go back and go, that's mine. Take their
0: parents in, take their parents in, and go, if I create that, that's you know, my, my piece of work. Um, it's really lovely um, and then the bit you probably all thought I was just going to talk about at the end is Handlebar Cafe um, <coughs> and I think a lot of people now know us as you know people doing Handlebar Cafe but it, it just is a project amongst what we do um, it is by far and away our biggest project um, the reality of it is probably in the region about half a million pounds um, we've raised 350,000 cash the rest of kind um, But the journey started six years ago Um, with a group of kids um, and we said, like, what do you want to do in Winchester, what's missing, have you got any ideas, Um, and they came with this concept of doing a cycle cafe or something like that, so we gave them a plan, so like this area of Winchester, off you go, go find locations, they found locations, they came with designs and concepts, they built models, so it's quite burnt out, so you can't really they signed planning meetings, they literally, every aspect of the project, they'd be involved with. But, and the initial concept, it was literally just theoretical, what, what would be fun to do? Shall we, shall we create a cyber cafe idea? Um, and then we were invited to go into the City Council, the full cabinet, the so forum. Kids stood up, presented their ideas. By the end of the session, uh, cabinet members were saying, we've got to build this, this is amazing, we must build this. We're going to give you money, we're going to give you funding to start on this journey. And that was, yeah, six years ago. Uh, so it's taken a long time to get to where we are now. But it was just a German of I did. And those are the renders. <laughs> um, and it is pretty much what the younger designed. We actually went down to Devon and looked at buying railway carriages. And we actually saw some railway. and the kids were on the phone, basically bartering the guy down to get, I think we got like five of each railway carriage. <laughs> Amazing, I and mean, we in the end we didn't use it because the logistics of bringing them up on the lorries, taking out the, the asbestos, cutting them, written. it was just becoming, and everything was a compromise because you have to work with the railway carriage. <coughs> we said, you know what, we could probably build it nicer, better, but create that kind of emphasis. It was almost a bit obvious just to do railway carriage. So we, we kind of moved on from that, did more design work, and said, well, let's let's create the whole thing from scratch. Um, this was a couple of weeks ago on site. Um, it's advanced quite a bit more from that game again on Thursday to have a look. Um, but yeah you can see you know it's not it's not really too dissimilar to where their designs were uh, a couple of years ago. Um, we are about three or four weeks away from finishing, hopefully towards the end of July. Um, Bespoke Biking, who are a local business daily will be running for us there at so CIC, we're a charity. So we're going to be the wicked landlords behind it, bespoke <laughs> biking will be running it on a day-to-day basis. Um, then we all go to cloud back into the community and what they do. The rent that we receive from it goes back into our community youth activities, so both parties are benefiting. Um, and Heather and Bespoke biking are there now, in their kitchens out. So we're up to kind of second fix. The decking and the balcony is all that we're going in and all the glass palette straining around it. And then we've got to do the planting. So, if anyone fancies the next few weeks coming out we do some landscaping and planting, uh, please let us know. We're going to need a team of people to get out there and start getting an the area looking tidy before we finish. Um, there'll probably be a soft opening in August and then there'll be a big party towards the end of September. Partly because we think if we open and do a big noisy launch in August, I don't think the like Bike will cope. I think they'll just be so inundated. I think they will be. Uh, but I think they need to just get themselves up and running, get a business working. Um, it's going to be a little bit That uh, car park is never empty. There are people up there. St Catherine's Hill yeah. apparently is the most visited bit of involved in South Downs National Park. So, yeah, it's going to be busy. It's very exciting. And, you know, I'm just hoping that in a year's time, when it's all finished, I'm going to the kids will be back and they'll be going up and to the awards you know, for, for their concepts, which is their design at the end of the day. Um, the lad who uh, had the original idea for this has you know, just finished his third year in architecture at Cardiff. So he was 15 and he's you now just finished it, so you can see how long. Um, all the lads, apart from one who starts this year, they're all doing architecture degrees. Everyone was involved in the project. So they're kind of halfway through all and to the end, they're just starting at different stages. And again, what to walk out your degree, yeah, is one of done earlier. you know, is that the more strength a job. But they all you know, they are walking easily, which is really lovely. Um and using a queer queer again in the wood. So, so. Um, oh it's gonna be weird. That was six years ago. Um, six years ago when we sat in the room and went, like, What do you want to do? Um and it's taken a long time to happen. We'd know Really, literally, no idea that that was going to turn into a half million pound cycle cafe which we're about to open. Um, what I'd like you guys to do is imagine yourselves being back there six years ago and me asking the same question what's the next thing you want to put in Winchester? What's the next big idea? So, you can work in two streets, fours, so however you want to do it, um, 15 minutes to come up with an idea what's missing from Winchester you love personally, you think Winchester desperately needs. Um, it can be a place, a structure, a thing, it can be whatever you want. But something that you think, so that, that could have some legs. that would be an amazing thing to create. Um, you've got A3 paper, you've got pens, your post-its. So in a little group, I want you to basically come up with a proposition. You can do as many ideas as you want, but ultimately, at the end of that 15 minutes, you've got to say, This is the idea, I want to pitch to you. And however many teams you are, you've got a minute sell your idea to me to Tom. you yeah. need to go and take this to the city council and go I think you should build this yeah so 15 minutes of brainstorming choose a name come up with some ideas do drawings do it however you can do a song and dance if you want I oh, yeah. don't mind how you do it you've got a minute to yeah. go yeah. <laughs> okay over to you guys okay we're team awesome <laughs>
2: uh, who's going first Okay, right, so the idea we had was that uh, we were chatting about that there is a heck of a lot of history in Winchester, uh, and obviously that's a great thing, but it kind of means that there has been not a lot of breathing room for new innovation, new repurposing of space and stuff like that, so we kind of thought we need to work with what we've got and put something above and so we've come up with this idea of an aerial garden uh, with also like a water feature, swimming pool aspect, um, which kind of gives a whole new perspective on that history that we have in the city. Um, And Andrew kind of had the idea of using the Barclays kind of situation which is on the corner of Jerry Street and High Street. So you can kind of look out over all the history. Um, You could have some kind of panelling all around it. So you can kind of see, if you look that way, you can see that building was built. That way is where Henry VIII did something. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> basically, right, so it's basically the pictures, it's an entirely new uh, revisiting of the history of Winchester from an entirely new perspective, which also features other stuff. Um, well, there's a lot of coal that's sort of, what's the old drainage network in
0: Winchester, and you know, the idea is to reopen uh, four holes, of, so those coldest rivers. Um, but you also use those hidden rivers to feed your uh, kind of rooftop swimming pool with um, a bit of a sort of associated roof cover, which also mocks up some of like that um, pollution that exists in central interest. Um, so it's using redundant roof space to provide that kind of spectacle. And kind
3: of we're also looking at the building from a 3D perspective. So what we can do in terms of solar energy and giving it back to the community, um, which follows on with uh,
2: with the thermal springs and actually using that as the heat source for the swimming pools.
1: And um, we're also looking at possibilities of rooftop swimming. Yeah. Um, and um, well, I was also going to say, um, making some sort of the pathways less congested, mm-hmm. the pathways and ways less congested. Something. Doing something the Westgate is currently not doing anything except be there. We're team bunting. Remember that. So, um, we wanted to address a challenge and we wanted to build on some existing momentum. So, what is the problem we're trying to solve? Uh, Winchester is full of the most amazing creative talent, but is often stuck in their own home studios and not coming to events like this more than they should do. Um, so, in Southampton, there's a vibrant community, in Brighton, there's a vibrant community, in Portsmouth, there's a vibrant community, in London, there's a vibrant community. But for some reason, Winchester trying to coalesce the the creative talents together becomes a challenge. And it takes fantastic uh, businesses and agencies like Studio Public to try and energize it. But it can only be energized so far, it needs people to move more towards it. So, our idea is simple. We want to celebrate Winchester's creatives. And we want to be able to repurpose some existing buildings uh, to really uh, to enable that collaboration to happen. Get people out of their studios, and the single idea that we want to present is get them out of their home studios and get them into sheds. So we want to take the existing sheds that are set up at the uh, Winchester Christmas Market. They're already set up, and we're gonna to say to Winchester City Council, um, please strike the uh, um, the ice rink, take all those down, but leave at least 12 of those sheds up in the square area which is outside Winchester Cathedral, and we'd like you to keep that up for three months, we, we could probably only get funding for a month but we're going to ask for three months. We're then going to invite 12 people to take residency into those sheds, different artists, different creative people. some. People who might have uh, um, maybe from a PR or a marketing background or a film background, and we're going to provide them with free rent to stay there in order for them to start generating uh, their work. We're going to put a cafe in the middle, which we're going to try and riff off of the, uh, the kind of Winchester mythology. So um, the reason why there's going to be 12 sheds is because they're all going to be named after the 12 knights uh, of the round table. So there'll be the Lancelot uh, shed, there'll be the Alf- uh, 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 Alfred shed, or the Arthur shed, so they have various sheds. And the cafe in the middle, working title, we're going to call the Excalibur Cafe. Uh, to be, uh, and they're going to have to get together and there'll be a round table in the middle of those 12 sheds. Where they can eat, share, discuss, and collaborate. And the benefit to the city
3: is that uh, you've got a period of time where there's just no footfall. Um, you've got a huge amount of momentum from the Christmas market, and then it just drops off. Everything disappears. So we want to keep that going. Um, and with that, then we've got three kind of key events that we're thinking we can work with the, uh, the time. So um, first one was Blue Monday. Um, trying to do something to combat Blue Monday and. Uh, have a happy occasion in January, uh, February. We've got Valentine's Day, which for at least half of us is uh, depressing um, time. So uh, something working with that theme, uh, which is working title. Art to is what? in the art. Boom. Last
0: night in Romanticism, it's
1: in the art. Good, awesome. And then finally, and something and in the third month,
3: which is uh, some sort of um, collaboration. That's that's a payoff that uh, everyone who has been there uh, getting the residency for free. They all had to work on something together and uh, create something at the end, which, uh, great suggestion, Richard said, was to donate it to have
1: Anything else, Dad? Uh, <laughs> I don't <laughs> believe so. No. Uh, uh,
0: well, I so, <laughs> what's
1: the idea behind the, the you get absolutely everybody in the community involved with the actual. Uh,
0: Looks
1: good? Cool. To wrap up, this is slick. To, yeah. to wrap up, building on the energy, momentum, and inspiration from tonight's session, Winchester's Creatives, we're gonna try and get an, uh, 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 an installation of spaces to celebrate Winchester's Creatives uh, that uh, we're gonna call the Winchester Sheds. We need your support, put pressure on the council, and it will be sustainable and purposeful because we'll repurpose existing buildings, we'll extend their lifestyle style, uh, time, and we'll also generate uh, interest and business for the local creative communities. And there will be Bunting. <laughs> <laughs> They're both really brilliant
0: ideas. I think I, the, the reason I wanted to do that testimony, I mean, if we value more people, then you've got even more ideas bouncing around, and you can just kind of, in a very short period of time, you can see what you're generating with your creative people. Um, but it's it, it's exactly how we work. We sit down, we'll not ideas around. It might be over or it might be an intensive 2 day workshop where we're really kind of pushing through something, and we're inviting all sorts of different people to go on. but um, we don't know really the answer, but actually, if we brought a whole load of brains from different disciplines. Someone will know the answer, or collectively will know the answer, and something will come out of it. It might not be what we expect, it just could be really exciting and energising. And it's off and it's running, and there's something let the kind of rabbit loose and the dogs are running after it. And that's the bit you're heading there, that's the new project. And the other things kind of fall away, or we'll just get parked, because they might come up later. So you, know, you might have a dozen ideas at the table, and one or two are like, yeah, there'll be a moment for those, but it might just be down the this one at the moment feels like the Dementia Project. It felt right, it felt now, it's something I was So, brilliant. I'll it, really fun. So, I hope you enjoyed this evening.